It's time for episode 474 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, October 26, 2022. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the exceptionally spooky tech podcast. (laughs) I am one of your spooky hosts, Micah Sargent, and I am currently wearing uh, some vampire fangs and a uh, a cape with a very, I don't even know what this accent is, a cape with a really long (laughs) collar, and I'm spooky to you all. Joining me across the spider web is my co-host, Dan the Werewolf Morin. Hello, Dan. Micah, co-ghost, please. You left it right <laughs> there. It, you left that. it right there. You want to go back and do it again? Or? I do want to go back and do it again. <laughs> Joining me across the spider web is my co-ghost, Dan the Werewolf Morin. Hello, Dan. Oh, it's good to be here, Micah. I'm feeling spooky. I'm feeling in the Halloween spirit for this, the scariest episode of Clockwise. I promise that is the end of the sound effects. They were just there for the intro to the show, and I will not bother you with them any longer because we've got to get this show underway. Uh, and that means welcoming our awesome guests to my left. It is the senior editor, writer, and podcaster at 9to5Mac and your space guru. It's Zach Hall. Hello, Zach. Hey, can, can we talk about not having sound effects? I thought this was the whole, this was forever. <laughs> oh, well, if you have some you're working with, then let us know. <laughs> and to my left this week, it is the developer of the spookiest calculator around. It's James Thompson. Welcome back. Uh, I'm always happy to take the stage manager. <laughs> scary. I think, did you miss Did you miss the memo on the Halloween no, thing? I, I no, I went for the most scary thing that I could think of, which was stage manager. <laughs> Spooky. Well, let us get into the show. I am going all in this week. And so my question for you is this. You have been tasked by the eldritch gods of Halloween to improve some part of Halloween with tech. Tell us what tech you'd use to make Halloween more spooky, trick-or-treating more fun, bobbing for apples more challenging, etc., etc. Tell us how tech can improve upon the Halloween experience. Zach, we'll start with you. Okay, first of all, I lost sleep last night over this question. I couldn't stop thinking about it. It's very hard. <laughs> so uh, this morning, my, the gears got spinning, and uh, my mind went right to Halloween pranks. So I don't know how, like, correctly to the spirit of this question I, I am going, but uh, first of all, my Halloween prank with tech would be changing every port in the world to micro USB just for the day, you know? <laughs> Easy to do. <laughs> it's just mean. That's not scary. It's just mean. <laughs> <laughs> Next, I would uh, I would play Christmas music on every on, on every streaming service. Is all you would have <laughs> for the day of Halloween. Uh, and then, lastly, I think like some modern take on the uh, Orson Welles uh, War of the Worlds radio broadcast from like the thirties on CBS um, would would be cool. Like, just totally Ooh, go yeah. all in on it. You know, don't acknowledge that it's not. <laughs> real and just do like apple news push notifications and like breaking news podcast episodes and everything all about that so something some modern world the world's uh, martian invasion broadcast 
Brilliant. I think we've we've all established that Zach is going as a troll this Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for me, okay, let's boil it down. The most important thing about any Halloween experience is candy. Yes, candy. Here's what I'm pitching. VCs call me uh, a social media app, but like a like location based, kind of like your Pokemon Go or whatever, but helps you track down where is the best candy in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Who is handing out the good stuff, the full size candy bars? What houses do you avoid because they're giving out like toothbrushes and raisins? Nobody wants that. <laughs> you want the serious candy business. And I think it's also, you know, there are some uh, health ops in there too, right? You could know which houses are nut free, for example, if you might have an allergy. Oh, um, nice. you know, I just don't like, like nuts in my candy bars. So I would also use that to avoid that. But I want to know, you know, hit me up with where all your, your Kit Kats and Twix bars and stuff are. That's what I'm looking for. So, um, yeah, trick or treater, it's T-R-I-C-K-R, right? Drop the E, <laughs> trick or treater, uh, is my new app. There you go. James, what do you got for us? Well, I am annoyed, of course, because you took my <laughs> idea. <laughs> So I, I I think, you know, as noted curmudgeon and developer, I would actually build uh, the app system. So households, households could indicate if they actually wanted a procession of barely talented yes. children and drunk <laughs> students turning up and demanding your hard-earned sweets and chocolate for free. Um, but yeah, I mean, like expanding on the idea, I think, you know, if you're trying to be nicer about it, you could have... You know, the the stock levels at particular houses, you know, quality rating of the products they have. So you know if it's worth going there. But I think also the app could provide optimal routes between houses Mm. so that you could obtain the best stuff before anybody else. Um, And I was also thinking, yes, a reviews and rating system for both the locations and the trick-or-treaters themselves. So, you know, trick consisted solely of a joke that should have stayed in the 1970s, one star, or house was only giving out vegetables, one star, that kind of thing. James, we're going. We're co-founders on this. We're going in yes, together. Yes, I think that's, that's what we have to do. I can't wait for this app. Um, well, since mine was also taken, um, I am going to go <laughs> with the spookiest thing of all, which is when you go to the party and you bob for apples inside of the vat of water are iPhones, iPads, and Apple Watches, and only some of them can survive the dunking. Spooky! And they say candy's bad for your teeth, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Should you ever try biting into an iPhone? (laughs) Grasp your mouth on the side of an iPhone and try to pull it out of the water. Um, Thank you all for playing along. That was uh, a lot of fun, and I think that (laughs) Zach is the ultimate winner in terms of the (laughs) thing that would would cause the most distress for people. (laughs) Let's move along to Zach's stuff. the goal of this podcast <laughs> i just Sometimes. i can't believe i can't believe i miss bobbing for apple watches it's just right in front of us uh <laughs> w- one last prank before we move on i want to put casino ads on everyone's app store page oh, so. too soon too soon <laughs> uh if you could green light one thing for apple tv plus like reviving a favorite tv show from the grave or developing an original reality tv series or game show or maybe a streaming sports package what would you uh, choose to approve Oh man, no this is there are I know this is too this is the one I spend up all, all night worrying about Zach. So thanks for that. Um no, I love the idea of Apple TV rescuing some of our shows that were canceled too soon, right? Like it should go really they'll go back twenty years and they'll pick up every like show that people complain, like, oh no, it was canceled before its time. And they will go through and make revivals of all of those shows. We'll get our 
you know, our Firefly, our uh, Better Off Ted's, our Wonderfalls. Come on, lots of shows deserved more time and didn't get time. So I want to see the Apple TV. Uh, it's like that, uh, you know, you know how on your phone, like the recently deleted album. They're just going to go through that and like, you know, like pick off all the low hanging fruit. Like, let's get all these people back together. Let's, uh, and then, of course, uh, culminating in the Apple TV cinematic universe where all the shows intersect so that Ted Lasso shows up in the Severance Elevator. Uh, and, uh, you know, it turns out that that's actually a satellite office for the Mythic Quest people. So I'm just, I'm synergy. I'm bringing it all together. James, what about you? <laughs> Better off Ted Lasso. Um, I- <laughs> oh, nailed it. All right, that's good. I'm putting that, there we go. <laughs> I have a very specific request, which is budget-friendly. Um, I would like to see a continuation of the early 2000s British sitcom Coupling, not the American one, which was written by Stephen Moffat, who's best known these days for his work on Doctor Who. It was basically your standard Friends with a capital F setup, only it was actually funny. Um, and I want to see where those characters are 20 years later. It had a great cast who have all gone on to do other things, including Ben Miles, who turned up only uh, this week in uh, Andor as Mon Mothma's old friend. Uh, it would require the return of Richard Coyle, who was not present in the final and unacknowledged season because he didn't want to be typecast. And I suspect that would be the deal breaker. But apparently in a 2004 poll to find Britain's best sitcom, Coupling came in at 54th. Uh, but for me, it is number one. James, I would just point out Jack Davenport was on the morning show. So we've already got there's already some connection there for you. There we go. Uh, Netflix decided it didn't want to spend any more money on my favorite show of all time called Sense8. And so it forced the Wachowski siblings into having to write kind of a fan service uh, send off film uh, that just sort of glommed everything together quickly to try to tie up the story. And I would love it if Apple would save, uh, I, well, I would, I would say, yes, you are going to save, uh, sensei. You're going to, you know, pull it out into the, the seasons that it needs to be to fully tell the story and to break everything out. And then the other thing that I would do is um, have Apple get in touch with Kevin Hearn so that they can make the Iron Druid Chronicles <laughs> into, at the very least, a trilogy of films. Um, a show would be good, too. I think it would make for such a good show. And that was a little bit of my impression of Oberon, the talking dog in that series. Um, <laughs> Zach, why don't you round us out? All right. For Relay FM, I want to bring in uh, Feuding Families on Apple TV+. Plus. Mm. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, Apple has good lawyers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we already mentioned better off Ted. I want to bring in the Ted Lasso movie. I want an origin story um, mm. for like everybody. Uh, I, I kind of thought about like a live action version of the Jetsons and what Ooh. that would mean <gasps> in 2022. Cause it's such a cool show. And like, I love that idea. yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, it feels good. So live action version of the Jetsons. Um, and then lastly, in the spirit of, of this episode, um, some kind of version of Nightmare Before Christmas that you take it from Disney and you make it into like a Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse style TV series. Uh, I think that would be fun to watch and spooky. Absolutely. Um, well, I believe we've reached spooky halftime. <laughs> I lied. I'm playing the yes! sounds again. <laughs> And spooky halftime is over. That means it's time for Dan's topic. And I have picked the scariest topic of them all. Yes, Elon <laughs> Musk is taking over Twitter. 
Uh, so my question for you is, with this deal looking like it's going to go through in the next two days, are you planning on sticking around Twitter? Or does this ruin the experience for you? Will you go to another social media service? Is there something else that replaces Twitter for you? Or you just quit cold turkey? Or you know, what's, what's your plan post-Elon, James? I mean, like, there's two days to go. So anything could happen. <laughs> uh, I don't think That's he spirit. is uh, reliable <laughs> enough that he won't like fire himself to Mars in order to avoid True. buying it. Um, so am I sticking around? Well, I think I have to for work stuff, which I don't like. Uh, but realistically, that is where, you know, I it's the sole place that I can basically do any promotion other than randomly appearing on podcasts and mentioning Peacock. Uh, but I think... Going to another social media service, I mean, every time this happens, we all fire up our old Mastodon accounts and say, yep, this time we're 100% going to switch over to Mastodon, definitely. <laughs> and then a week later, we go back to Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm just, what would happen probably is I would reduce the amount of time I spend there for non-work reasons. Um, and... I'm not going to switch to something else. Um, I'm trying to reduce my social media exposure generally. Uh, quitting cold turkey sounds good. I mean, I like the things, you know, when they they shut down some kind of like online game and everybody sort of logs on for one last time and, you know, <laughs> watches the universe be destroyed around them or whatever. I'd like to do something like that. But if it's just going to continue and just get gradually more horrible for people to be on it, um, I don't I don't think quitting is the right approach but uh yeah let's see let's see what happens in the next 48 hours uh I think there's a there's certainly a number of things that he could do once he takes over that would definitely force my hand Yeah I am going to take the approach that I do with um resolutions at the end of the year which is to say I don't do them because then I don't have to be disappointed at myself when I don't do them. Uh, So in this case, I'm not going to say whether or not I will be sticking around. What I will say is um, I will be watching things and seeing what, uh, if if people do choose to go elsewhere, how the service is impacted. But I've noticed, at least for myself, I used to be uh, in that category uh, that apparently is an internal Twitter category called heavy tweeters. Um, (laughs) And I, for I don't know, two or three years now have not been really a heavy tweeter. Uh, So I've already kind of been not super active on the service other than occasionally scrolling through Twitter from time to time. Um, So whether that means that going forward, I'm just going to drop my tweeting to none or once in a blue moon. I don't know. We'll see. But I don't want to say or I should say once in, an, in a harvest moon. Uh, mm-hmm. But for now, I think it's best if I just say, we'll see. Um, what about you, Zach? I, uh, if I left Twitter, I don't know where I would do all my jokes. So I guess I'd have to start to stand up in town. But I don't think that people where I live in, in Mississippi understand the tech jokes that I do. So <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to go well. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to stick around just because Twitter's like professionally an asset for me. Um, 
it's also impressive to my kids when they like see that I have a Twitter with, you know, an audience, I guess. So, um, it gives me, that's like the one thing they know I do for a living is tweet. So that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> like professionally, like news gathering, I, I, I can get by with RSS and, and oftentimes it's like way better. Uh, I think some of the discourse is what I would miss the most. So I'd end up, you know, I think forums would need to have like a big revival online and, and people spending time on their personal blogs more. Um, also professionally, I think I would probably just write more. I would put less time into writing snarky jokes on Twitter and more time into like writing snarky jokes on nine to five Mac. Um, <laughs> so maybe, maybe that's a good thing. Um, lastly, it's like, it really is a wait and see because you don't have to imagine too far back to have a Twitter where it has like crazy leadership with like all directions happening all at once. So I think the real thing is like, will we see a change at all? And if, if so, like how long will it take? So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking around because it's, it's all I have in life. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I will say uh, that like in this country, so sometimes, long. sometimes we get a new leader and they don't last very long. So we'll see. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, six weeks. Maybe we'll, uh, he'll sell it to somebody else. Um, yeah, I too, like many of you am sticking around. I have though, like, um, I think both James and Micah mentioned sort of dialed back a lot on my Twitter presence. Part of that is, you know, having a three month old, which really <laughs> puts a lot of dent in my Twitter time. Although, those 4 a.m. windows when only my friends uh, like James out in the UK are awake. Those are, those are good. <laughs> um, uh, for me, honestly, it's such an opportunity for not only promotion stuff on my you know tech writing and podcasting businesses, but also on my career as an author. Like I just don't have the reach I have anywhere else that I have on Twitter. Um, and I'm not super optimistic about Elon's leadership. But I think the, you know, to the points that will be made, like stuff doesn't change necessarily overnight. It will be interesting to see how this evolves. And I reserve the right to change my mind at any time and be like, this is a dumpster fire. I'm out. So I honestly feel like I'm just going to have to take that wait and see approach. I'm not feeling great about it. But at the same time, I don't want to like abandon my nice you know, cushy place that I've set up and gotten all comfortable for the last, you know, 15 years or whatever to just because some jerk like buys the building, right? That's, that seems like a tough position to be in. So I guess we'll wait and see. All right, we got one more topic. It comes from James. So is there something that you enjoy that you prefer taking the lowest rather than the highest tech approach to? You know, as an obvious example, if you like listening to music, not via a modern streaming service, but by keeping a full barbershop quartet in your kitchen instead, that sort of thing. <laughs> okay, yeah, um, low tech. Um, I would say there's actually quite a bit of stuff that I've gone low tech, uh, where I once was high tech. A big one would be uh, anything smart home related. I kind of have in my office, a smart home haven, but my partner, don't tell him, um, he really hates smart home stuff. And anytime it creeps outside of my office, I get this look and it's a really bad look. So I try to just keep it to myself. And in that way, I, I end up keeping quick, it. Quick question, Micah, why are uh, you whispering? Does he not know that he hates smart home stuff? I think he's aware, right? <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. Uh, I just, maybe I'll get a look because I'm talking about him on a podcast. Um, so yeah, I, that that's kind of the, the biggest thing for me uh, is many of the the lighting and all that kind of stuff because i've run into errors where it's not connecting or something's happening uh then i end up uh having to try to explain no 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 don't worry it'll work next time and then it doesn't work next time and it's like okay i just have to take this out 
and not use it for the rest of the home. And that's fine. It's fine. You make, um, what's the word? I don't want to say sacrifices. That sounds bad. It's the one where you compromises. Yay. (laughs) Thank you. Sacrifice Uh, for two people. Yes. (laughs) No one's happy. happy. Exactly. Correct. Zach, tell us about your low tech choices. Yeah. So this may surprise everyone, but I still prefer to listen to podcasts on a reel to reel tape deck. Um, it's just what I do. Uh, no, let's see. No taking drawing. I, I cannot do those things on a tablet. I have no talent for that. So like if I, you know, it doesn't matter if it's an Apple pencil two or, or one or whatever. I'm really just not skilled at, at writing at all on a tablet or especially drawing. It's very slippery, no friction. Um, maybe like a proper drawing tablet would be different, but that's, that's pretty far out of my way. I like the price of paper. And I, I, I'm just way more creative on, on paper than I am on anything with like the limits of digital. Maybe, maybe Apple's new freeform app will change that. And I'll find that to be like big out of the box thinking room for me, but, um, just way better at, at analog writing and, and sketching and drawing and, and that kind of thing. For me, the low tech approach is probably driving. Um, I like to crank my car when I get out there, just really get it started up every day. Oh my um, god. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I drive so my my car is a stick shift, um, which I've always really enjoyed driving. Um I am I the writing is on the wall. I, I know the day will come probably in the not too distant future where I'll end up switching to an electric vehicle and I'm sure I'll have all sorts of fancy things in it that are very technologically advanced and all of that and maybe someday it'll even drive itself and it won't like pitch us over into a ditch um but i i love driving stick shift i do i really i just enjoy the tactile sort of uh you know analog nature of it and i think that that it's uh, a sad thing that we'll be losing out when we switch entirely to electric vehicles though i have seen that there are some evs that have stick shift somehow i don't understand what that means or how that works but it certainly uh appeals to me to have something like that in the future and don't start with me with your paddle shifters and fake manual shifting stuff in automatic cars it's not not the same uh so yeah there's my low-tech snobbery for He's you a purist mm. that's right james why don't you wrap this up for us I mean, you could have like some kind of gear shift that just changes the noise the car makes, and then you'll be happy. You know what, James? Um, <laughs> the automatic car is going to drive you into a ditch. <laughs> uh, so I've stopped buying most physical media at this point. You know, music, TV, films, all of that pretty much sold streaming now. I do still buy games on disc, mostly because it's cheaper and also that you can lend them out to your friends, even if they don't always give them back, Martin. Um, <gasps> But for me, it's got to be the good old 15th century tech physical books. Uh, There's something about reading the object itself that appeals to me rather than using an e-reader. I'm not sure what it is, uh, but because they hurt my hand. (laughs) But, you know, I I like the experience more. Um, Plus, you get to put them on your shelves and show people what exquisite taste uh, you have. Yes. I have the complete work so far of noted sci-fi author Dan Moran mm-hmm. on my shelves just now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only problem is really one of storage. And I've now got to the stage which for every book that comes in, one has to leave of an equivalent size and shape. And it's getting harder to actually get rid of them because I've filtered them down quite a lot already. Dan's books are safe for now. Ooh. But we'll see. <laughs> for now. Bum, no, bum, don't bum. do this to me. 
I am throwing in a bonus one just to say that uh, with recipes, I don't like having them on a device. I like to have it physical for sure. There's something about being able to just move it around and get it covered in flour that's better than having it on an iPad or something. Um, thank you all for your answers there. I believe it is time for our bonus topic. Uh, my question for you, do you have a nickname? Have you ever had a nickname? What is or was it? Zach, we'll start with you. Uh, I go by Zach, but my name is Zachary. Does that count? Uh, mm-hmm. One time I had a translation of like a nine to five Mac article from another language to English again, and it translated my, my name from Zach Hall to Zach Corridor. So I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's so fantastic computers are great aren't they <laughs> yes uh I, I get ed sheeran so much like at least weekly when i go out in public so it's kind of stuck like some people just call me that now and i don't know okay uh and then la- lastly i saw in the google doc whenever we were we were prepping for the show uh i think james goes by anonymous iguana based on what i could could tell from up there <laughs> Um, yeah, like Zach, I mean, my name's Daniel, but I, I go by Dan. I had the only people that ever call me Danny are gym teachers and my piano teacher for some reason, but always gym teachers. Uh, I briefly got the nickname when I, uh, was in Scotland. So James can tell me whether or not this was a compliment, uh, uh, by my bus driver of being called smoothie Dan, which does sound way better (laughs) in a Scottish accent. Let me tell you, uh, James can perform that for you next. Oh, suddenly, smoothie Dan. I'm trying See, to think. It, it's good. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't sound hostile, but <laughs> <laughs> I think it was sort of a maybe a compliment, maybe a backhanded compliment. I don't know. One of those. Yeah. Uh, to my knowledge, I don't have any nicknames currently. Um, I mean, you maybe I do, and I'm just not aware of them. Uh, but back when I worked in Terror Records, some. 30 plus years ago, I was known as Billy Wiz because of my aptitude with the computers there. My aptitude was high to the point that when £3,000 went missing, they thought I had done it because I knew computers. Oh no, Billy Wiz stole from the company, but he didn't. That was But he didn't. And you solved a mystery. uh, Billy Wiz was a character in a in the British comic, The Beano, who was basically a kid version of The Flash, like Kid Flash. Um, but I, I don't think, I think it was because I was quick because I could got through the work because I had worked out how to do all these macros on the system so that I actually oh. just needed to press like three buttons and then I could uh, knock off for the day. I didn't, I see how here I was wondering why it wasn't Jimmy Wiz and now we know. Um, as a kid, my grandpa called me, my middle name is Dean and my grandpa called me Micah Dean Jellybean and that got shortened to Jellybean. And so for a lot of my, uh, childhood, I was called Jellybean, um, lovingly. I, I didn't mind it. Um, but my name, my first name isn't really good for shortening. And this is the part where people go Mike and I go, no, not at all. Not ever. Um, so I don't really have any nicknames for my first name, but, uh, yeah, Jellybean, or sometimes people just call me by my middle name, Dean, um, which I don't mind either. Uh, so yes, thank you all for your answers on that bonus topic. Uh, we are coming near the end of the show. If you would like to get ad-free episodes with an extra overtime topic every week, well, there is a way for you to do so. You can become a member of Clockwise. You just go to relay.fm slash clockwise and sign up for five bucks a month or $50 a year, and you will help support the show. In this week's overtime topic, we discuss streaming service price increases. 
And we have now reached the end of this episode of Clockwise. All that is left is to thank our ghosts and wish them well. Uh, Zach Hall, thank you so much for being here. You are welcome. <laughs> that ghost sounds a little ill. James Thompson, <laughs> it's always a pleasure to have you in our spooky haunted house of a podcast. Well, until the next time you have trouble finding a guest at the last minute. <laughs> and Micah will be back next week but it won't be spooky anymore so in the meantime we remind everyone out there listening watch what you say and keep watching the clock that has bones for hands <laughs> 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 goodbye everybody <laughs> <laughs>